Hello everyone! Welcome to The Past and the Curious. My name is Mick Sullivan. Maybe you have heard the good news. Let me put it this way. I didn't think that The Underwear Chronicles was going to be a book. Was I right? I was worse than right. I was wrong. Yes, it's going to be called I See Lincoln's Underpants, and it's going to be out in the back half of this year, so late 2022, if all things go according to plan. So keep your fingers crossed for us. In the meantime, we have launched a Kickstarter, and we're treating it like a pre-sale. It's doing really well. We announced it when we did the reading of the meat shower on March 3rd, and we have already doubled our goal. But there are some things that we can do if more people join. Plus, it's a cool opportunity to get some extra bonus options um, if you would like to do that. So um, you can find out more at Kickstarter. Just search The Past and the Curious. Or you can go to our website. And since the book is going to be called I See Lincoln's Underpants, I only felt that it was appropriate to have this week's episode be about Abraham Lincoln. So enjoy Abraham Lincoln and his underwear. And I'll tell you more about the book at the end. When he was young, Abraham Lincoln's family was packed into their cramped one-bedroom cabin like smelly sardines in a tiny tin can. If everyone else in the family had just walked out the door and left the little guy alone, it still would have been a tight space for baby Abe. Luckily, cramped quarters were not something he'd have to deal with as an adult. His last home, the White House, was definitely roomy enough for him to stretch out his full-grown 6-foot, 4-inch frame. And today, he towers above the rest as the tallest president America has ever looked up to. But no matter where he hung his stovepipe hat or how fancy his oversized outerwear might have been, his underwear never really changed much. From the backwoods of Kentucky to the halls of Washington, D.C., his simple homemade drawers were as honest and plain as the man who wore them. At least, that's what the evidence we have seems to indicate. The few surprise appearances his plain white whites made would have left plenty of other people red-cheeked and embarrassed. We've all had those kind of nightmares. Lincoln's legendary sense of humor most certainly helped him handle those very real and very revealing moments. When Abe first opened his eyes in that little cabin, he was in Hodgenville, Kentucky. He lived there with his mom, his dad, and his sister until they picked up and moved to Indiana. After his mom died, his father married a woman with a few other kids, and Abe liked her very much, which was fortunate because he couldn't really say the same thing about his father. His old man was as rough as their underwear. Thankfully, Laundry day brought sweet relief. The kids would hand over their uncomfy, homemade undies for washing and a few hours of freedom. Their new cabin was a little larger, but there really wasn't much to do other than wait around in his birthday suit until the wash was dry. Ever the bookworm, Abe passed those bare-bottom hours reading the classics. Reading was typical for him. If anyone ever went looking for Abe, they'd usually find him with his nose in a book. On the contrary, his father preferred him to have his butt in the field, getting sweaty from working the land. Luckily for the rest of us, his stepmother saw how important an education could be to the boy and supported his desire to learn. That's probably why he liked her so much. Rather than cutting wheat or splitting rails, he preferred to sit in the shade, reading 
and writing. At the age of 21, he bid his family adieu, packed up his books, filled a bag with some clothes and a few pairs of underwear, and set out to see the world and what it had in store for him. Don't think Abe was lazy now, okay? In his new home state of Illinois, Abe did a lot of hard work. He was a soldier, he dug canals, he piloted a flatboat, he was a shopkeeper, a bartender, a lawyer, a politician, and even a wrestler. When he was the new guy in the town of New Salem, the lanky and lean Lincoln was the target of curiosity for many townsfolk. For some of the local bullies, known as the Clary's Grove Boys, he was the target of scorn. Or, more accurately, their misplaced insecurities. These bullies were not ready to confront their feelings like mature adults, so they confronted Lincoln with their anger instead. Even if they were acting like punks, Lincoln knew that he couldn't back down from a challenge if he hoped to earn the respect of the rugged folks in the far-off town. So he accepted the challenge of a wrestling match with one of the bullies. People of New Salem found out what Abraham Lincoln was made of that day. Though accounts differ on who won, the Clary's Grove boys were eager to vote for Lincoln in any election with his name on the ballot from that point on. So you do the math. With each new addition to his resume, Lincoln discovered that many people liked him. He could be honest and kind, he was stronger than most, loved a good laugh, and always seemed to have a story to tell. Abe was usually the smartest man in the room, and his goals were as high as the stars that were always just out of reach of his long arms. Abe's first role in politics was filling a seat in the Illinois State House of Representatives. Years later, he served a term in Washington, D.C. as an Illinois state representative. His intelligence and ability were well known, but he really got people's attention in 1858 when he ran for state senator against a man named Stephen Douglas. Abe and his opponent traveled across the state of Illinois, attracting large crowds for their thought-provoking political debates. Let's face it. Packing into a sweaty room or standing in the sun on a cobblestone town square to watch two guys without microphones talk for three hours was probably nowhere near as interesting as a wrestling match would have been. But those days were behind Abe at this point. Plus, there's very little evidence that Douglas was much of a wrestler anyway. It probably wouldn't have been a fair fight. Despite the lack of physical competition at the debates, Abe still boasted some overly enthusiastic fans. One night, in Ottawa, Illinois, his cheering squad hoisted the giant man onto their shoulders to celebrate a particularly good debate performance. Maybe those rabid fans had nothing else more exciting to cheer for. It's more likely, though, that they were genuinely moved and excited by what their candidate had to say. Either way, they made Abe their champion, and as he was bobbing around on the shoulders, soaking in the chants and celebration, the legs of his pants started to rise. It was August, a time when most people would have left their long underwear at home, but Abe was not like most people in this regard. A little, or actually a lot, of sweaty wool never really bothered him. Within full view of his fans, the watchful eyes of his adversaries, and the constant scrutiny of the press, Abe gave more than anyone bargained for. Out popped Abe's long underwear. The showing made news and garnered plenty of knicker-related snickers. Abe lost that election. Of course, he didn't lose to Douglas because of the underwear, but they certainly didn't help. Though Douglas won the Senate seat, it was Abraham who came out on top in the end. His star was rising, and the debates 
helped to make him a household name. When the presidential election came around in 1860, he would be the Republican nominee. The field was crowded, and several other nominees split the vote. And in the end, Abe was the last man standing. Not long after he put his undies in a dresser drawer in the White House, the American Civil War began. Unhappy with Lincoln's stance against slavery and what they believed to be a threat to their rights as a state, South Carolina seceded, or left the Union. They opened fire on an offshore fort filled with Americans still loyal to the president. And from there, things got uglier. South Carolina was followed by other slaveholding states who were concerned with preserving their economies and their way of life, which was built on the enslavement of other human beings. Lincoln, long ago, had said that he did not expect America to split, but that he believed it would be all one thing or all the other. It became a mission to hold America together, and eventually, in doing so, end slavery. Men rushed to enlist on both sides. The Yankees of the North wore blue, and the Confederates of the South wore gray. Keeping those guys clothed in their blues and grays was a difficult task. The North had more factories to churn out clothing, but the war dragged on for years, with hundreds of thousands of men marching every day. They usually found their wardrobe to be lacking, to say the least, and there was no easy way to get replacement clothing to the soldiers on the war front. After the Union lost the Battle of Bull Run in 1861, Lincoln paid a visit to the field to see the men. One officer from Wisconsin was upset that his men were so undersupplied. He tried to explain that better clothing and equipment were essential and would help give Lincoln the victories that the North needed. To prove his point, he grabbed one of his soldiers and turned him around. The man's rear end was all the evidence the president needed. Oh, I see the problem. Peeking from the split seam of his Union blue pants was the White Flag of Truce, which was a funny name the soldiers gave to their underwear. Lincoln, quite used to wearing homemade undies of his own, probably saw no real problem with the soldier's skivvies. The all-too-common split in his pants, though, that was definitely a dressing dilemma. The officer's point was as easy to see as his soldier's underwear. Throughout the war, Lincoln was no stranger to many of the other soldiers in the field. Before or after battles, during training, and even in the hospitals, Abe would make the rounds. It was important for him to understand what the men were going through. It was also important for the men to see him and know that they had his support. In general, a visit from the president was something the men looked forward to, but one unlucky regiment of soldiers saw a bit more of him and his support than anyone had really hoped. Just before the Battle of the Wilderness in 1864, Abe approached a group of soldiers on horseback for another day of reviewing the troops. Though he was a great lawyer and a pretty good wrestler, he was never much of a horseman, which the men immediately noticed. He fumbled around uncomfortably on the back of his horse. Once safely dismounted from the not-so-trusty steed, a series of unfortunate events unfolded which brought the focus of every private on parade to the poor president's pants. Soon after the march began, his stovepipe hat fell off. Next, his pantaloons, which were not fastened on the bottom, slipped up to his knees, showing his white homemade drawers secured below with some strings of white tape, which presently unraveled and slipped up also, revealing a long, hairy leg. 
While we were inclined to smile, we were at the same time very much chagrined to see our poor president compelled to endure such unmerited and humiliating torture. According to Washington Roebling, who wrote this observation, Lincoln quickly got over the embarrassment of showing his underwear to the crowd and continued with the review. Like anyone else, Abe put his drawers on one leg at a time. But the men were probably surprised to clearly see that the president's underpants were as plain and simple as their own. Less than a year after his underwear-exposing wardrobe malfunction, Lincoln would lead the Union to victory and reunite the country. Of course, he'd give his life in the end. Less than a week after the Confederacy surrendered, Lincoln was assassinated while watching a play in Washington, D.C. He was buried in 1865, wearing the same suit he proudly donned at his second inauguration ceremony. That historic outfit saw the light of day one more time, 36 years later, in 1901. Surrounded by dozens of nosy onlookers, his body was exhumed before being moved to its current resting place. Curiosity got the most of the crowd, and it was decided to open his casket one last time before he was permanently covered in concrete. According to witnesses, the beard that still covered his chin was as black as the day he was buried. His suit, however, was grimy and had mildewed over the years. Those grubby clothes kept anyone from seeing what his underwear looked like, but it's safe to say they were probably grimy and mildewed too, which might not have been too far off from how they would have been when he was walking around in them, to be honest. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Underwear Chronicles, soon to be a book called I See Lincoln's Underpants. Now you may have some questions about this book, and I'm going to answer some of them, but if you have more, just ask. So here's the deal. I said that I would give everyone The Underwear Chronicles for free in, in my podcast feed, and I'm still going to do that. So that means there's going to be 14 chapters of, that I originally wrote that are going to be uh, in this podcast feed, we're going to release them monthly just as we have done. Also, these 14 chapters, plus an additional chapter, plus a whole bunch of other stuff and illustrations by my friend Suki Anderson, will be a book called I See Lincoln's Underpants. And we're really excited about it. It was um, kind of serendipity how it happened. And uh, I'm glad that it did. But mostly I'm just excited to get this out to the world. So, you know, some of the, a lot of the stuff that you're going to have in the book is going to be stuff that you've already heard, but it's going to be an opportunity to read it. The stories are going to be slightly different as well. And there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff. There's something we call the Underwear Hall of Fame, where there's uh, a bunch of entries about famous pieces of underwear. And there's also, I don't know, about 30 or so, um, what I call short shorts. So these are like little bite-sized stories that weren't enough to develop into a whole story, but they're really fun. Like um, things about Benjamin Franklin's underwear and things about, um, oh, let's see, the invention of pantyhose and uh, Queen Elizabeth factors in there somewhere. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Like it's really fun and I know you're gonna like it and I know parents are gonna like reading it and I know teachers and librarians and anyone who likes history and doesn't mind having a laugh at history's expense will enjoy it. So if you wanna support the Kickstarter, be my guest. I would love it. If you want to wait till the book comes out in the back half of this year, hopefully November, December-ish is what we're hoping, then you know what? Just get a copy of it then. Maybe get 
10 copies, you know, you can give it away to everyone for their birthday because what's better than that? I don't know. Nothing, probably. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. My name is Mick Sullivan, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. We have another full episode coming at the end of the month. And as usual, I hope you like it. I think you will. All right. Rock on. Bye, everybody.